You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. At Centra, we have everything you need with great offers. Like Centra Fresh Irish Chicken Fillets, 680 gram, save 33%, now 6 euro 3 cent. Kellogg's Rice Krispies, 510 gram, and Cornflakes, 720 gram, 3 euro 50 each. And Fado Friendship Reserver Wine, now only 10 euro. Centra, live every day. Enjoy call sensibly. Enjoy your independent time this Saturday. In weekend, decluttering guru Mary Kondo on tidiness and calm and the crisis, plus Mary Kenny on the etiquette of wearing a mask. In review, what's really on offer in the war of the TV streaming services. In weekend kitchen, Donald Skeen's three-ingredient tasty cupboard classics. And in sport, former tip hurler James Barry on why Liam Sheedy stands apart as an All-Ireland winning manager. Irish Independent on Saturday. Real stories worth paying for. Imprint or subscribe at independent.ie. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. Uh, we're going to have a good show today. We're going to talk about Sterling Moss and uh, uh, our friend uh, Michael Valley, who unfortunately uh, passed away. A little bit of mock e talk and all the craziness that's going on with the uh, with my Ford Lightning and trying to get some axles and stuff made. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Geico. Maybe you own your home or you rent your home, or either way, it could be a lot of work. But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, with uh, Bill Goldberg uh, on the line with us. I believe we're going to be recording some video for this. So, so if you guys want to see us sitting around in our homes, <laughs> you, can, you can do that as well as uh, as well as the uh, uh, here the podcast. Uh, before we get started, just a shout out to our friends at Dodge with Dodge Power Dollars. For every horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle purchase, you'll get $10 off. So peeling out in a 2019 Dodge uh, Charger RT Scat Pack, well, you just got $4,580 off. Um, all right. Well, good to see you, Bill. How's, uh, how's, the, how's the ranch? <laughs> Looks uh, like, uh... You know, it's, uh, it's great, man. Like I said, I, I feel guilty that I'm quarantined in 140 acres, so. There's always something to do, and uh, I've changed uh, my daily driver from these challengers to a Kubota. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there there is uh, a plethora of things to do on this property, but it's all good. Fingers crossed, man. Uh, thinking about the time change difference, and you're, you know, you're already up. You're at a you're working out there for a few hours already before we even get started. Yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> side, side note, if you've been keeping up with the uh, charger, the three legged sheep, um, yeah. last night, last night was the first night that he hasn't been here at the house. We let him uh, go. One of one of the uh, vet assistants wanted to take him for a couple of days. And so needless to say, I got my first night of sleep. Uh, unabated by uh, a sheep wanting to get fed in the middle of the night. So, uh, yeah, I was up early, bright and early this morning at 6.30 for Eric to go. So, yeah, I've been out in the yard for a number of hours prior to us getting on this, this call. I, uh, I, follow, uh, I follow your wife, Wanda, on social media, um, and she's just constantly posting about, well, of course, all the animals, but, but the sheep – and I, I tough tough gig tough gig for you tough gig for the sheep uh but adorable always looks happy playing around with the dog all the time um of course she's not posting you guys getting up in the middle of the night while the thing's crying and you're trying to no because she's sleeping now and now it's been turned over to me but you know yeah. hey what are what are husbands for that's what right we're doing. <laughs> no if it's not a baby it's a three-legged sheep waking me up at 1 30 in the morning wanting to be fed hey, yeah that's so, all it, it's all good man 
so Gage Gage is not really into getting up and feeding the sheep in the middle of the night. Oh he... God, you're <laughs> kidding me, right? <laughs> that, that kid with this with this uh, social distancing thing and with the schools being closed, you know, if he gets up by eight o'clock, that's that's very unusual. But oh yeah, I'm going to start going in there in his clothes hamper and getting his dirty underwear and putting them on his head about seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Just to be a nice wake-up call to tell him that, you know, he needs to get off his ass and be productive. Yeah, help out around there. Move move stuff around. Um, all right, well, glad you guys are doing well over there. And uh, uh, How are you? How are I, you over there in the land of the lost? Uh, good. Surprisingly, you know, because, you know, I live, I live in Venice uh, out here in California, and things are still pretty active. Um, you know, obviously the freeways – far less cars and uh and, and people around and everybody in the stores are wearing the masks and stuff like as you would expect but still like a surprising amount of activity it's not like night of the comet out here it's not like a total ghost town it's just like the the old tumbleweed blowing down venice boulevard like it, it, right next door to me there's they're building an apartment complex and it's you're going to hear it throughout the show it's just constant construction and boring into the ground and digging up underground parking garage and there's cars out there. So, and everyone's doing podcasting just from home. It's just, um, uh, it, it is, it is different. Just honestly, it just doesn't seem quite as, I don't know, ghost towny as you would think. I guess there are a lot more essential businesses than we realize. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I just there, read yesterday there, there are, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going to be, uh, speaking of essential or not essential, I just read yesterday that, that WWE was was deemed essential in Florida, in Tampa. It uh, wasn't reason, originally, and now it is. Um, obviously, you know my thoughts on that. Hey, anytime you can get any entertainment out there now, mm -hmm. um, uh, of of normal you know kind of as normal as as productions were prior um anytime you can get new content out there it's it's good for people's soul you know it's it's uh it's a again you're between a rock and a hard place do you feel irresponsible or do you feel like you're providing a service you know there, there's a little bit of both you're not going to be able to satiate everybody in the world but the reality is that uh you know it's one of the only things going and yeah and it it's it's valuable content and i'm sure they have you know a, a, a very lengthy uh, legal deals with fox putting on a number of live shows per year mm -hmm. um that probably falls into it also but hey when i was there uh, and whether they had somebody test positive or not um they did as good of a job as humanly possible of cleaning and disinfecting the uh, performance center, you know, literally in between matches. So they're going above and beyond. Um, you know, it's left up, up to each individual in their opinion about it being a, a, a necessary yeah. business, you know, but um, they are providing content and they're providing people in a, an escape and they're doing it uh, a responsible way. So um, let's please move on. <laughs> right yeah look we're, we're 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 trying to do that here as well we're, we're going to be trying to do that here as well um so unfortunately this week and as of today just a few hours ago uh, we got word about uh some some sad news in in our world um of course uh it's it's been out there for 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 days now that uh Sterling Moss legendary race car driver uh had passed away uh, he was 90 years old he was a uh, he was the the tiny bald guy that you guys have seen out there, but uh, just just a fantastic. Uh, yeah, we saw him at Goodwood as well, and and uh, uh, maybe the younger audience doesn't know him as much. Probably heard his name. Not a lot of people are rolling around with the name Sterling Moss. Uh, just kind of a kind of like if he was like Bill Moss, would you would you know him? Right, like he was or Steve <laughs> Moss, right? Like. If you, you know, he was British just, guy, Sterling. Yeah, Sterling Moss. And, uh, you know, it's funny because also like Parnelli Jones, Parnelli's his middle name. So, and he's so memorable as Parnelli Jones because of that. Um, so Sterling Moss, who was 90, was a great Formula One driver. He was really regarded as one of the more uh, technical uh, drivers out there. Um, 
surprisingly had never won an F1 championship, but, uh, uh, but had a fantastic career. He won 16 of, of, of 66 F1 races. Uh, uh, he was he, he was a, just a fantastic uh, fantastic guy. Now he he was in a, a a pretty bad accident way back in the day when he was 31 years old. So here's a guy that crashed in 1962, and I believe was left in a coma for a while. Uh, I don't know exactly for how long, um, and it really kind of ended his professional racing career. But, you know, managed to keep himself uh, in the limelight and basically relevant in the racing world by just being a good guy and a good racer, you know, for, for 60 years after, after, after retiring. So um, that's longevity. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and I think we'll uh, later in the week, uh, Adam Lau will dig a little bit deeper into, uh, into the Sterling Moss uh, career. Um, so you guys want to check out that, uh, maybe on Friday, we'll do that show. But, um, uh, you know, I, it, look, 90 is, is a hell of a long time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us wish to get to there. Uh, this guy, uh, he did it and he was a good dude. So, um, he was racing when they, when they had no seatbelts for God's sakes. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and, I mean, yeah. Right. Well, uh, I mean, that it, might be taking it a little far, but, you know, the uh, safety restrictions uh, were, were quite different back when he was racing. Yeah. So to, to, to know that he lived at 90 years old after all of the stuff that he went through, I'm sure those were some unbelievable 90 years. You know, you think about the cars back then, the technology, the safety equipment, the helmets, everything. It's just amazing that the different generations of these guys, the Mario Andretti's of the world, uh, uh, as, as well, he was a little bit after this, but uh, uh, it's amazing what these guys were doing in, in you know in the fifties under the circumstances. Wow! <laughs> yeah, right in the fifties racing. Um, but uh, anyway, he he will be missed and uh, just a good uh, all around guy. Um, and then uh, of course, uh, a friend that you guys may know is a guy named Mike Lavallee. Unfortunately, Mike Lavallee had suffered a stroke uh, a few days ago. And um, uh, I believe it was uh, Tuesday night. Just trying to do the math on when you're listening to this. Uh, Tuesday night, unfortunately, he passed away. I believe he was uh, in the hospital still. Mike Lavallee was a fantastic painter, airbrusher, uh, if you guys are fans of of Overhauling, he had done a number of episodes of Overhauling, and he kind of mastered the real flames, like the real fire uh, of flames, um, and uh, with this just just an amazing airbrush guy and, and talented painter. And uh, I, I I met him, never had a chance to have a real conversation or anything with him. Just but everybody that's ever worked with him, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I loved him, said what a wonderful guy he was. And here's the indication. It's like, you go and you do something, especially in the professional world, right? You, 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 you know, let's say, Bill, you go, you do a commercial or you do a TV show or a guest spot appearance on something. It's all about that second date. It's, it's do you get invited back? Because if you get invited back, that's the impression you want to give people. It's like you it's want to go in. It's a testament to your character and your work. Yeah. If somebody goes, hey, I like this guy. This guy works hard. He's fun to be around. Let's get him back here. And I don't know how many episodes of Overhaul and uh, Mike Lavallee has done, but he was always welcome back again and again. The people loved him. So that's always just sort of a good indication of like a good dude. So um, I, I don't recall how old he was, but. Uh, but uh, he he will be missed. You guys can see his his website is killerpaint.com. Uh, I, I don't know what 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 happens from here. It's all very new, but you can certainly still go to the website and uh, uh, and Mike Mike was a friend of mine. you know I'm, I'm, I've known Mike years and um, he was a wonderful guy. There's no question about that and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh, He's the flame guy. We we had that's that's uh, uh, 
Garage Mahal, what you know, Brutzman and I did that. That was actually the first episode that we uh-huh. shot of Garage Mahal right there. Yeah. And if, and if you fill the airway for like 15 seconds, I think about 10 feet away from me is uh, a Mike Lavalley helmet creation. So let me grab it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a, uh... It's kind of interesting on uh sorry while while he's grabbing it, Mike was sixty. Mike was sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Sixty's young, man. Like it's just that that's a it's a tough hand to get to get dealt um for for, for such a good dude. Um I wanna say that uh Garage Mahal was probably ten years ago. Yes. This was my first Mike Lavalley creation. Yeah, look at that. You know, no flames, but I think he got the Goldberg Who's Next thing dialed in pretty damn good. I mean, the only thing that was better about Mike than his ability was his character. And uh-huh. uh, he, he was just a terrific guy, and you couldn't have said it any better. You know, it's your performance and your livelihood is based upon getting that call back. And uh, this was the first, and it surely was not the last of the helmets that he that he did for. Me. And uh, I, I, he was a staple on overhaul. And like you said, the only thing better about his, the only thing better about him than the quality was his uh, was the quality of person that he was. So to his friends and family, man, you know, condolences. We, we yeah, and and uh, and I I apologize to you as well because I know he was a friend of yours, and you're just finding out basically now on the air that. That uh, that that he passed we, away. We, so. I, I knew through Chris Jacobs and his site, his Instagram, that you yeah. know, Mike had fallen ill, but uh, I didn't know how serious it was. So. Uh, yeah, no, the guy's been reaching out. Um, uh, you know, Aaron Hagar that I do shift and scare with was was really good. Aaron's a is a fantastic artist as well, and, and painter and airbrusher, and he does helmets. And you know, he had a big background in. Uh, uh, set building movies and TV and stuff. So he, he knew Mike pretty well. Uh, so he was, he was texting this morning going, Hey, you guys, bad news. Uh, you know, my, Mike's gone, but, um, uh, uh, anyway, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, uh, yeah, you mentioned garage Mahal, which was about 10 years ago. I want to say that that's probably the first time you and I met in person. I mean, you probably were a big fan of mine and heard about me for a long time. Well, there's no question. I've, I've been stalking you for about five years prior to that. So. Um, but I think it was Garage Mahal. I think we uh, we did a build over at uh, Adam's studio, the back half of the studio. And um, it was uh, – I had work I, – I, I don't know if that was the first thing that I worked with Bud Brutzman on. Bud Brutzman is uh, – is a television producer. He's done a, a million shows, but he, he kind of really started the mainstream automotive TV stuff with that show Rides. The Rides. I was going to say that's that's what interests me about his work, and I yeah. I wanted to I wanted to meet him, and I ironically I was signing autographs somewhere where he had somebody also signing autographs, and I got he was the man in black. The, the guy yeah. never wore anything but black. No, that's I don't it. have a problem with, you know, by any <laughs> means. But, um, yeah, I met him there. And, he, you know, he's an interesting guy for sure. He uh, has his own way of going about business. But uh, he's very successful in that car space. You know, he's unparalleled, if you ask me. I, and I know he's ended up doing a bunch of other shows. But uh, Overhauling originated with him. Rides originated with him. Uh, Living the Low Life, a uh, lowrider show. Um uh, a number of other shows right now. I think you did the the one with Bodie Stroud and uh, Brett oh, Michaels, and we did, the RV we did Optima. show. Yeah, we did Optima together. The oh, that's right, the Optima. Uh, and that's where I met. That's where I met Bodie. Yeah, that's right. Uh, those guys as well. So he's done a bunch of shows. I think the new Overholland shows might be uh, Bud Brutzman as well that are on uh, Motor Trend app. Um, uh, but yeah, we met on Garage Mahal. And uh, Adam had like that's kind of a little car area in the back of his studio, and he had built uh, like a countertop, like like the length of the of the building, the width of the building out in the back, and 
there was a bunch of guys over there just trying to like take out the screws and get it all done. But Adam had it pretty overbuilt because he was figuring it's going to be a lot of weight and stuff on it. And I, it wasn't going anywhere. I just remember you just went over there. And I know just, where this is going. Just, just smashed the top of it. The whole thing <laughs> just came crumbling down, and then you just tore it off, off the, uh, off the wall. And and then it was it. It was done. And then it was just cleanup crew. And then you just you walked out. You're like, there, it's done. We don't have I'm all day. Uh, it was uh, it was fantastic. It was actually such a huge time saver to just tear it off the wall. The wall was brick. It's gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, it it uh, it worked out. It worked out uh, good. You guys did Jay Leno's garage as well, his personal garage. Yeah, we did the, we did the one at his house and uh, put a turntable right in the middle of that damn thing. It was it was. Uh, I love that show. They they kind of baited bait and switch me because I thought it was a complete garage show, but you, you know, it's a themed garage show where we go in and, and you know, a guy's kid was into BMX bikes. We turned it into like a BMX garage. And actually that's yeah. partly what the first one was, but um, yeah, it was, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun and met some great guys. I met you, met, met LaValle, met Bodie, yeah. uh, met, a, met, a, met a bunch of great guys in the automotive space during that show. Um, I've been talking to Bodie, Bodie Stroud. You guys know him on CarCast uh, quite a bit as well. But uh, I was talking to Bodie recently, and and you know everybody's kind of shut down, but he's just popping over to his shop and and by himself and doing a little bit of work here and there on some of the car projects he has. Uh, you know, any of these hot rod shops, anybody's out there, it's like it's not like you're sitting on tons of money. Like you've got to still do some work uh, when you can. Like here we're doing podcasting and. And, you know, you, you try to get the business running so you have some kind of income going on. But, um, uh, you know, we talked a while on, on my truck about upgrading the steering, doing a quick ratio steering box. And I got the box from Flaming River. And I did all the measurements on it. The box size, the pitman arm spline count, the angle, all of it's the same. Except the mounting bolts are different. The Ford box is three bolts. The GM box it's four bolts and uh the frame has like these standoffs on it where you where you bolted uh the, the steering box onto so the frame needs to be like the it's you imagine the box frame uh the the inside of it needs to be cut new piece of metal welded on Sorry. and uh, that's probably Bodie. <laughs> uh, new piece yeah. of uh, 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 metal welded on with new mounting bolts and then you can get this thing to work so uh, we're just trying to figure it out that I think Bodie's going to do the work for me because he's, he's a fantastic fabricator and welder and and uh, uh, you know maybe I can just drop off the truck and leave the keys and the next day he kind of just pops over into his shop and the truck will be there waiting for him and and everyone's social distancing and still getting some stuff done. But, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about it. We're trying to figure it out, but, uh, you know, he's also home with his family and, and doing some stuff, but, um, your build but, is so entertaining. I got to tell you, because you're falling <laughs> victim to, you know, what we all fall victim to, you know, you get, you get one new part. And yeah. You have to replace everything that's connected to it. So you're, you're providing me with a lot of entertainment throughout this build. And I'm just, I know because, I'm just scratching the surface. I knew from the beginning what you said about how far you were going to go with it. And that always yeah. changes. And it doesn't always change daily. It changes hourly, you know. So. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And you guys know that I've been talking about the speed sensor and, and the gauges that uh, on the back of the gauge clusters, there's this thing called the PSOM, PSOM, and, it, and it's a it's it's a board. It's like a computer board, and it it ties into the vehicle speed sensor and the rear differential. It basically it controls the shift points of the transmission electronically. It controls the ABS brakes, and it controls the accuracy of the speedometer. And the sensor on top of the rear axle housing. Uh, inside there, there's there's a gear, there's a, a, a like a a tooth uh, ring, this uh, this tone ring, and the sensor on the on top of the housing is basically like a magnet. And as these teeth swing by, it it 
it pulls an accurate reading. So what's happening is, is I've replaced the sensors, two different ones to try to get an accurate reading. It's still not accurate, which means unfortunately, the tone ring itself is probably damaged, worn down or a chipped tooth or something. And although I, I just had the rear brakes installed, uh, I had the, the Eaton True Track differential, the Ford 355 gears. I did all of that work, but nobody really noticed the tone gear um, uh, in there. So now I have to replace the tone gear, which means everything has to come apart again. So to your point, Bill, is yes. I was like, I don't want to have to pay, you know, I don't know how much money to pull that whole thing apart just to replace a $100 tone ring. So, uh, so now I'm going to replace the axles as well. Now, I tried to do this before. And, and I was thinking about it mostly because uh, when you had the guys from Gearhead Fabrications come out and swap the rear differential on your on your car, when that broke, I was thinking, yeah, maybe a little bit of preventative maintenance here is is the right thing. Yep. Uh, there there aren't any over the counter axles for the '95 Light. I guess just I don't know if it's the width or the way it's set up or the axle housings or whatever. Uh, so they have to be made. So I've got this form with that you know, I posted, I think on my social media, it's got this crazy form with all of the information and you gotta take all the measurements and, uh, and send it over to, uh, to somebody that builds axles. And right now I'm talking to the guys at Mark Williams. They build a fantastic axle. It'll still be 31 spline, but much stronger. Um, and this is the part I didn't know. So the axles, well, the axles go in and there's a C-clip that snaps on That part I knew. And there's been an upgrade for a long time called a C-clip eliminator. And it's like a bearing. It's like an aluminum housing, kind of squarish. There's a bearing in there. And it's much stronger than the flimsy little C-clip. So my thought was, go with C-clip eliminators, really strengthen it up. And with the new axles and the hardened steel, it'll work great. Uh, but in talking to a bunch of these guys that, that uh, build the axles, they're saying, hey, the C-clip eliminator is good for drag racing. But on the street or even hitting an autocross or a road course, that bearing and that axle that's in there shifts a little bit and it causes that whole bearing thing to leak. So the fix now is... <laughs> yeah, so there's... Nobody I'm only wants that because it's happening to you and not me. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, great, thanks. Is, uh, so we got to take the um, we're going to take the axle housing, the the ends where the flanges are. Those will be cut off. New upgraded flanges will be put on there that eliminate the C clips and the C clip eliminators. It all it, it's the fix. It's the ultimate fix to doing all of that. So we're going to have custom axles made. We're going to have new end, uh, new flanges welded onto the housing, and the whole thing will be both packed together. But I'm telling you, trying to get the measurements of this rear axle housing and all the things you need to get, uh, it's not just the total width, just the space between the flange and the brakes, and the is there you know a little uh, rise for the for the bearing seal and and trying to get these measurements while the send them the whole unit, let them measure. That's what I, I keep trying to tell them that. I was like, why don't I just send you guys this thing? Because the idea of like trying to drive the truck to the shop, put it up on jack stands, pull a wheel off, start measuring and seeing what's accurate, you know, because the brakes are still on it and everything. Like you should take all that off to, to get an accurate measurement. So you're, you're, you're trying to do the math of like the, the rotor is, you know, three hundredths of an inch and then if you add that to the total you know this it's just you know so if you I, end up doing it yourself all i have to say is good luck because, yeah so you know it's nothing but well i'm not gonna tell you I, I i dug into it did it all yesterday and then i emailed the guy all the information and then he's like yeah some of this math's not adding up <laughs> exactly <laughs> then why don't you do it and uh I was like, uh, okay, I, I, you know, 
I believe you, you know? And I was like, hey man, this is what you guys do. Like, don't you have some catalog of measurements? He's like, well, we don't have the 95 lightning in our catalog. I was like, yeah, I know that. But you're telling me that the Broncos and the F-150s, there's not a million of trucks out there that have basically the same rear end. There's no way that the 95 Lightning was so special that they're going to go, hey, we're going to do a whole custom rear end and, and you know, charge $19,000 for the truck back then. I was like, there's got to be some catalog of information out there where the guys go, hey, uh, I think you meant this. Like, we've seen a hundred of these rear ends and I think you meant this was the size. Um, but I, I don't know. We're, we're, we're getting into it and, and uh, you know, Good luck. If, if you would have asked me right before we started recording this, I would have said the axles are going to be made. But, uh, you know, 30 seconds before we started, I got the email back on, yeah, these measurements aren't right. So uh, this, back to the drawing board. Yeah, kind of back to the drawing board. But I spent like half a day yesterday taking the truck apart and pulling the rotors off. What else the do you have to off. Do? I don't know. It's just a pain in the ass to have to do it again. And, uh, 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 I don't know, but that that's that's kind of where we are with uh, with that kind of craziness. Um, uh, anyway, we'll 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 keep going because I can talk all day about that stupid thing. What's going on in your garage over there? I see cars back there. Are you getting anything done, or just working on the ranch there? Well, uh, no, I'm not getting anything done on these cars. But you know, the Chargers down at Deerhead Fabrications, they got the mm -hmm. uh, parachute mechanism, everything mounted <laughs> properly <laughs> uh, on my daily driver. No, but uh, you know, they're they're. I think the fenders were sent from Speedcore down. Uh, I, I do believe they're doing all the plumbing for the turbos right now. 60 to 90 days we're looking at completion so you know probably when this uh when everything's lifted i'll be able to have my car back but we'll see we'll see you yeah know, there's you know we, we gotta there's lots that we're deciding on right now we're deciding on the rear wheels the width of the tires you know the offsets and just every little single detail you know about rebuilding a car paint scheme um, what we're going to do with the carbon fiber, I think we may go a different color with the carbon fiber. Um, as I look at the the Challenger that Speedcore did and Gearhead Fabrications did, you know, it's it's bitching, but I don't want a car exactly like it. So um, we're gonna we're gonna change the paint scheme up a little bit and do some exposed colored carbon and uh, have some fun with it. I, you know, my favorite color is blue, so I gotta throw a little dark blue or a little maybe petty kind of blue or something in with that black man it's got to look good yeah i think that looked pretty good the uh the black uh wide body uh the, the carbon fiber uh, challenger that you had uh at sema uh that came out fantastic because the car's black and obviously the carbon you know pretty close to being all all black but they did the right combination as you can see now is and leaving some of the carbon fiber exposed, but then showing off, you know, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, some of it exposed on the black car. So um, that presented really well, but you're right. You know, maybe uh, like on that Challenger right there, you have the, um, the carbon fiber fenders on it as well. So it, it, uh, it can, you have the, um, the uh, the SRT stripes done in carbon fiber doing a doing a red carbon or a blue carbon on that but I, I is the is the charger getting carbon fiber fenders or just the wide body is all carbon fiber just I don't the know wide body wide body and the uh, you know the flares the wide body the yeah. deck lid the hood stuff like that same thing uh, minus the fenders yeah I don't know if they even do fenders yet for the for the charger. Uh, speed course. anybody does at speed course I yeah mean, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know I mean, if they offer them yet but we'll, but that's a good question yeah it's probably going to show up on their menu at some point but uh because uh, the the the, the all-wheel drive turbo uh car that they were in the magnaflow booth i don't think that was all carbon fiber i don't think it had the carbon fiber fenders and everything i think it had the other stuff that you're talking about the flares and the hood and stuff but that's oh and they might have done like a front bumper cover because i remember it having uh, cutouts in it for, for
for the uh, for the intakes on the turbos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to look at it more more uh, in detail, but I'd be curious to find out if they had uh, availability on those carbon fenders. Yeah. Huh. Um, anyway, before we wrap up, uh, I know you're a, you're a NASCAR guy. You've done quite a bit with them and, and our friends over at, uh, uh, at the track over there gave us some, some, some tickets to the races and we sent people out, but, uh, everyone's doing the, uh, I racing or virtual racing simulator racing last week. Uh, uh, Adam and I spoke to Simon Pagino, um, from his home. He, uh, he, did a video chat with us. He was telling about the iRacing program and rescheduling of the Indy 500 to August. And uh, he built this whole rig of the iRacing thing with three monitors and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and uh, oh, by the way, his dog, Norman Pagino, got so famous after Indy 500 from all his photos that he got sponsored. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so Nor- Norman Pagino gets to be- Norman gets to buy his own food now. <laughs> Let's see if we can get Charger sponsored. Charger needs to get sponsored. He's uh, he's his fee is a lot. Uh, his his expenses are a lot greater. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, over at over at uh, at NASCAR, I don't know if you had a chance to meet uh, Kyle Larson, but Kyle Larson was that I did was participating in uh the i racing i don't know if it's i racing specifically that they were doing they were doing the virtual racing some entertainment for everybody and uh i got himself a little bit in trouble um uh somewhere during the broadcast he was talking to i believe he was talking to like his spotter and uh and he said hey he's like can you hear me n word <laughs> and he used n-word and uh uh i i don't i think he was just doing it like jokingly because obviously his, his spotter yeah but I, it, it didn't go over well um i i don't not even sure like like well for, I, first, how NASCAR it comes suspends, up sort of, first nascar suspends and then he gets fired yesterday yeah, so what was happening was, you're right, NASCAR suspended him, saying it's kind of out of line, especially for something that's meant to be kind of fun and in lieu of, of racing. We're trying to fill the gap with some, you know, some virtual racing. And it wasn't, it wasn't like he was arguing with somebody or yelling at somebody. He was talking to his wasn't, daughter. It wasn't in a malicious tone. No, it wasn't, know, but the whole thing was stupid. Means, like, like still stupid. Just, yeah, like why, why say it? Why do it? But... <laughs> Uh, NASCAR needed to suspend him. And then, uh, Chip Ganassi, who is a fan of his, obviously, and runs the team that he races for, he was saying, uh, Kyle, bad news, man. Um, our sponsors are calling and they're all saying, this is, this is not a reflection of, of what we want our athletes to be. And I think this is an important thing. Um, you know, you being, uh, you know, building a career as, as, as an athlete is I do agree. There is some responsibility to public athletes that are, of course are being sponsored with, with huge brands and money. If, if somebody's coming in and going, Hey, Tiger Woods, I'm Nike or so-and-so, uh, you're going to get paid a bunch of money. It doesn't matter if it's $5,000 or $14 million. When you accept that money, you're representing that company. And there should be some standard that you need to be held to by saying, Hey, we're representing you because we like you and we think you're a good guy and you're a good athlete. But as soon as you take our money, you need to uphold those values. I think it's an, that's an understatement. I mean, there's a huge responsibility for someone such as myself or Kyle Larson or Michael Jordan or whoever it may be. I'm in, I'm in no way, shape, or form comparing myself, but you have a responsibility to the people who employ you, to the people who uh, you are an extension of their product. Um, you have a huge responsibility also as a human being to conduct to conduct yourself in a proper way in 2020. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just end there. I mean, it's a responsibility that should be upheld. And if you don't, 
then, you know, there are, there should be, thank God there are repercussions and surely he can make his way back. There's no question about it. Well, people that's need, the thing. People need a second chance. You know? That's the thing is, is Chip Ganassi says, uh, love you, Kyle. This is unfortunate what happened here. You should have never said that. Sponsors are pulling out of this. I have no choice but to let you go. Otherwise, I'm, I've still got to run a business. I've got to get a car on the track and, and all this money is going to walk away if I don't let you go. Right. So, so he's out. So he basically gets, gets, gets fired. It doesn't mean there's not a future for him at some point with Chip Ganassi or another team. I'm sure they've already stated they'll bring him back. You know, they're, they're saying they're, they're open to it for sure. And, and look, Another team, he's still a good driver. Uh, another team could pick him up. Uh, it just means he's going to get picked up at a much lower salary and say, hey, we'll, we'll take a chance on you. But, of course, now you know you have to be on your best behavior. And the only way to earn those big dollars again is, is now it's going to take years for you to get back to where you are. So the question that I think people are asking was, uh, you know, what he said was, was not good. But uh, he didn't say it like in an argument or a malicious intent, like you said. Is the punishment exceeding the crime? Or it's a, bu- it's a business. You, if your sponsors back out because yeah. of a driver that you employ, uh, you're you're not running a fiscally responsible business company because you're not you're not um, filling positions with people that you should be. Uh, that should be representing your company if they act in a manner such as that, whether it yeah. was a mistake or not. I, I understand there's a difference between being malicious and just having a, a, a goopy adolescent mistake, but you know, you should be, yeah. you should prepare yourself in every situation for the worst and make sure that it never happens. And his train of thought needs to change. You know, it's, 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 you're right. And from a business standpoint, I, I would say overall, it feels like the punishment is too big, but not from the individual business standpoint. Because if a sponsor is McDonald's and Credit One Bank, where I believe are two of the sponsors, um, and, and, I, and Chevrolet as well, they may say, okay, this is bad. We don't think you should lose your career over this, but something needs to be done. But there isn't one of these companies that can be the exception to the punishment rule. So if Chevrolet says you're out and Credit One Bank says you're out, McDonald's can't say, oh, we think you got punished enough. We're good with you. Because then McDonald's is going, oh, so you endorse this behavior. So each one of these companies needs to look at it individually. And because of that, it all piles up and says, unfortunately, you're, you're out, you know. Public perception means everything these days. Yeah, it does, especially when it's a sponsor relationship. It's all about getting the word out there publicly, right? Exactly. That's 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 what it is. If he was a scientist and he was building the cure for COVID nineteen and he said something stupid, I can understand the pharmacy going, uh, "Hey, man, uh, you, you need to get it. Uh, you need to get a hand slap here, but also you need to get your ass back into the lab, right? Yeah. Maybe well, your job now is." Doing. Yeah, your job is no more press releases, right? But, you know, if you're a, a CNN anchor or a, a racing car driver or whatever, like you have a responsibility publicly. So uh, anyway, um, uh, a whole unfortunate situation. And unfortunately, uh, it, it's, it, it puts like NASCAR and these sponsors it, all in a little bit of a bad light because it's, you know, you know, why not just be nice, right? It would have been a great event, but instead of all the press surrounding the event is, is it's now, it's now, it's now, it's, it's now this, but um, anyway, so I I was going through the news, going through more news stuff. And unfortunately there's more like bad news companies downsizing stuff. So before we wrap up, I'm just going to leave a bit of good news uh, for us enthusiasts in the car world and, uh, you know, I went to the 
to the launch of uh, the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Even though it's called the Mustang, we've done this discussion. The Mach-E is the electric little SUV. It looks good. It had some good performance numbers. And now that some of these um, specs are starting to get leaked to the dealers on, you know, because they're prepping dealers how to order the vehicles and, and stuff. Um, it looks like uh, it's going to have a little bit more power than Ford initially thought it was going to be. Well, that's never um, a bad thing. No, and it's it's not massive amounts, but you're looking at 15, 16 you know, extra horsepower and, you know, another 10, 12 pound feet of torque. But it just shows that uh, they set some goals for, for certain ratings, like with distance and performance. And, and, and they need to balance that. And, and our cars, the cars behind you there, there's always a balance between uh, miles per gallon and, and emissions versus the performance of the vehicle. Can you but make did they that sacrifice car? anything for that extra performance? No, it doesn't seem like it. That's why they were able to release the higher numbers is they had the benefit of saying, Hey, we can still achieve our, our whatever 230 mile or 280 mile, you know, overall distance on the battery and, and still increase the performance. You know, now instead of 5.5 seconds, it could be 5.4 seconds, zero to 60. And that translates to a little bit extra horsepower, a little bit extra torque. So uh, that's kind of what we're doing. You know, that the red, the red eye behind you, if you just bought a red eye off the showroom floor, you know, for 500 bucks, you could buy a handheld tuner and add some horsepower to it by just changing the air fuel ratio and whatever, right? Is it as efficient you know do you do you still get the guys who have these red eyes don't give a fine flip about efficiency right so what we're really talking about is the manufacturer releasing the car in a very usable state between efficiency and horsepower and performance True. and then as owners we have the luxury of going great now i want to alter that so ford is saying hey if we met the 280 mile range but we were able to knock a, a tenth off the zero to 60. Now we can reconfigure our numbers and, and say that it's a little bit more powerful. So that's kind of neat. And I, I'm still a fan of, of trying to drive one of these things when it comes out. You know, um, again, I don't, don't care if it's called a Mustang or not, but I like the idea of Ford doing an all electric vehicle. Um, I, I'm not necessarily there yet on buying the all electric vehicle. I, I kind of like what I like. We all do. Everything I have is old and loud, but um, uh, and, and apparently needs axles, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, you know, I've driven the Tesla and a few other vehicles and I am curious to see how this performs. I was in it. I rode in the Mach E, uh, but haven't had a chance to drive it. Um, but I did drive, like I said, a Tesla and I drove the Jaguar I-Pace and this feels as close to an I-Pace as there is out there. That was fun to wow. drive. You know, that's like this, interesting comment there because that that I've heard nothing but great things about the iPace. And and so the iPace is interesting, and it 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 moves great. The electric vehicle it's fast. Um, it it's a good size, especially for for LA for city. Um, it's got a little bit of height to it, so you know you know when you're hitting a bump or you know. Uh, you know, in and out of the driveways and the speed bumps, it's not an issue, but it's not like an SUV. And, and the Mach-E seems to kind of be the more affordable version of that. And uh, well, the we'll market needs one of those, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and so why not? So I'm a fan of having that out there. I mean, you're never going to take away the toys that I have and the toys that you have that we love, but uh I, I could see commuting in a, in a Mach-E to the studio a few days a week when this whole uh, lockdown lifts. And then I got my cars here that, that you know, I fire up and tool on and have some fun with. And, you know, uh, it's all good. But anyway, this interesting news about the Mach-E. And I think, um, I think the performance of those vehicles, you're going to find better numbers than they initially thought when these uh, actually uh, hit showroom floors. So um, anyway... Uh, fun stuff. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up so I can go and do uh, uh, another podcast. Um, uh, 
Before I do, just a shout out to our friends at Dodge again. Uh, reach out to your local Dodge dealer. You know, there are guys over there. They bring you uh, performance, technology, and great deals. And there's never been a better time right now because Dodge is offering power dollars. With power dollars, you'll get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. That's every Dodge Charger, every 2019 Dodge Challenger, doesn't matter. It means you can pull away in a 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower and receive an almost $5,000 cash allowance. Remember when your cars only had 485 horsepower? No. <laughs> no, no, you've doubled that. That was a long time. You've doubled that since then. Um, so if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer or just send them an email, give them a call. I'm sure they want to talk to you. Uh, and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. Um, cool. Thanks, buddy. So you're uh, hop back on the tractor and get back out into uh, on there. Uh, I got to put that little boy to work. And I don't mean the tractor. I mean Gage. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably up. Breakfast is done by now. It's got to be like noon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as he's done with his first uh, online class, he's good. Yeah, it's good. Got to get the schoolwork done. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, until uh, next time, uh, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And the wheels on the road. Spin. <laughs> yeah. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, just a reminder to uh, check out our friends at Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, either way, uh, it, it, it can be a lot of work. But bundling your policies with Geico is super easy. You can bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing because you have so much to do around the home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.